0: Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. Back from a two-week hiatus. I am your host, Max Mosier. Grateful you're here wherever you're listening. However you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. I'm here today with one other Infinity Bro today to talk about the Black Widow movie. It's Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how you doing? I am doing great. It is great to be
1: back. Man, it has been a long time for me specifically. I think I'm trying to remember the last episode I've been on. I don't think I've been on since Loki started, so it's been been a hot minute, and I am excited to talk about Black Widow with you. Did you have great July 4th plans? Oh yeah, yeah. We had we had great July Fourth plans. I I got together with some some good friends, uh, some that I haven't seen for a really long time. So it was a lot of fun.
0: That's so weird. I was. I'm pretty sure I was there too. Actually, it's kind of weird how that works. Uh, it was weird. Yeah. Oh, you were there, weren't you? Oh my gosh. Wish, that's wow. so weird how that works. out. That's crazy. That's you crazy. were there,
1: weren't you? Yeah, I was there.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I would constitute on paper having like 14 kids under the age of five in one vicinity as a fun time, but it actually went really well. Yeah. Surprisingly, all things considered it went well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you look at it on paper, the numbers are wild. I think we had like what it was like 26 people there and yeah, like 14 kids maybe or something like that. Just, Wild, wild amount of people and kids there, (laughs) but it was a blast.
0: And of course, my son, who in our house infamously goes to bed at 7 (laughs) p.m. And won't get up till 7 to today. He didn't get up till Mm 815. This kid sleeps like a rock 10 to 13 hours minimum a night. First night we're there after I was being braggadocious (laughs) about it because everybody else's kids are up at like nine. And I'm like, well, my kid's been asleep for two hours. (laughs) He looks at me. Dead in the middle of the night, stone cold eyes, pupils as big as saucers, and just looks at me and goes, Daddy? And I wanted to just Bart Simpson, his little neck. I just couldn't believe that he was up on July 3rd.
1: That was that was funny. Yeah, I definitely did not expect you to be up with Tim when I got up that morning, but there you were.
0: Yeah, I had to drive. We were up in Mille Lacs, Minnesota. Closest city to get coffee is Malacca. Home of Heggy's Pizza, mm, mm. and if you're sitting to yourself listening to this, going like, "What the heck's a Heggy's Pizza?" That says all you need to know about Malacca because that's all it's known for. <laughs> True. <laughs> and I'm driving there to this Ho Dunk Coffee Shop and getting coffee from a lady who looks like she doesn't know how to make coffee. <laughs> it was something
1: else. Oh boy, July Fourth was awesome. It was a great weekend, though. Man, we had so much fun, and we confirmed that Jarrett is indeed a real person
0: he is a real person and you took some stellar pictures so you got to make sure if you follow us on facebook instagram twitter twitch all those platforms check out some of these pictures isaac did a great job yeah, of there making there, there may tanks. be
1: some some leaks on some social media profiles so definitely go check those out but i will be posting them as i kind of get some edited and and some work done and stuff like
0: that so i'm not trying to say That you need to buy these bro tanks that we made. I am implying for the brand, it would be a great investment. For the brand, for sure. Yeah, yeah. These bro
1: tanks are legit. And not only do we have bro tanks now, but we also have hats, embroidered hats that look fantastic. Check out TheInfinityRose.com, our store. And man very soon we will have those up on the store um i just i just i have the model pics for the tanks for sure because we took lots and lots of pictures that weekend but we will get some up for the hats as well
0: even if you don't want to buy the stuff just go check out the model pictures it's it's worth your time just for the model exactly, pictures i think exactly exactly
1: and, and you'll you'll see some beautiful pictures of zane up there You'll see some beautiful pictures of. I'm I'm trying to think who I'm gonna put on the store next, but we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll put a picture of everybody up on the store for the tanks. I don't know. We got. Some- You're not gonna hear many
0: podcasts or conglomerates tell you don't worry about buying our stuff. Just go look at the pictures. I think that's our podcast.
1: True. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Definitely check out the pics. They are. They're gonna be fire for sure. But you didn't come here for bro tanks and subpar T-shirts. <laughs> You came here for some Black Widow talk. We understand that. We're going to break down Black Widow top to bottom here. This will be a spoiler review of this movie. We won't do a non-spoiler review because it's been out for a couple days, and you can check it out on Disney+. Plus. So we're going to treat this kind of like Loki and not do that as well. Uh, I want to talk about some of the trivia for Black Widow. This was announced on July 6, 2020, that Kevin Feige and everybody was so impressed with Florence Pugh's performance as Elena Belova that they actually are moving to include her into the MCU. We'll talk more about that, but that was just crazy to hear that. This is Scarlett Johansson's ninth time playing Natasha Romanoff. The film is set after Captain America's Civil War. Ch- Scarlett Johansson describes the film as its own genre and even named Logan, The Fugitive, and Terminator 2 Judgment Day as influences to the movie. This is the first movie technically of phase four of the MCU. Uh, and Emma Watson, C.R.C. Ronan, Alice Englert, Darz Zazowski, and Florence Pugh were considered for the role of Elena, with Watson being the frontrunner initially, but Pugh was cast, ironically, beating her out, and a couple of those um, actors were in Little Women as well. Scarlett Johansson asked her husband, Colin Jost, who's a big Marvel Universe fan, to rehearse lines with her husband, but he refused because he didn't want to avoid any spoilers. Isaac, if you were married to a Marvel actress hypothetically we'll say your wife holly gets a part in the marvel universe would you want to know spoilers about her character oh yeah absolutely absolutely I would.
1: <laughs> okay second just pause for a second though the strangest thing about scarlett johansson is that she's married to colin jose like that blows my mind like when you think about that it's like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute wait a minute like colin Joes, like okay he's a funny guy But when you think of like celebrity couples, you think of really good looking people, right? And you could argue you would argue that Colin Jost is he's he's not the most good looking guy. He's
0: not ugly. He's not ugly. He's not ugly. I will say that. Isaac, I'm gonna be real with you. I think right now you're putting your foot down and calling him ugly. I think to to make to pause our whole (laughs) rhythm of trivia about this movie. To basically spend a minute to 90 seconds blasting Colin Jost like
1: this. It's just wild to me. Like, whenever I, I get reminded that Colin Jost is married to Scarlett Johansson, I'm like, whoa, like, how did that even happen? I really want to know the story behind that because that just seems like a couple that is, it's an odd couple to me for some reason, so...
0: I believe we will be clipping this and using it on TikTok and doing one of those things where just every day posting this clip until Tom ta- sure. Colin Joe's talks to us. Yeah, why not? Because that that poor guy does not deserve that. <laughs> uh, if, I if you're I love Colin sh- Joe
1: and he's hilarious, but yes, it seems like an odd it seems
0: like an odd pairing to me. If you're listening right now and you think Colin Jost is attractive, shoot us an email at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Uh This is the 24th. Why don't, why don't you go ahead and rate his givers. attractiveness
1: on a on a six point scale? Time
0: well. out. No, 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 no. Hold on. All right, now we definitely have to pause. Here we go, Isaac. Okay, <laughs>
1: okay I want okay. you to rate his attractiveness on a scale of one to six. You started this. Let's see on a six point scale. I would. I think I would rate him a. I'd rate him a three point five out of six. Not ugly. Not ugly for sure. Um, but I know he's a little bit lower on the scale, I would say. And Scarlett Johansson, I would give her a I'd give her a solid five point five. She's she's very
0: attractive. Yeah, I didn't ask about Scarlet, but thank you for telling us. But, that, like, you know, really just I'm that. just
1: I'm just giving the comparison, you know, like like it's kinda like when when you say it like, you know, in, in everyday life. And you say you married up, like I would say that sure. my wife is an attractive 10 out of 10, but my wife. but my wife, but obviously most people would think their their wives, I would hope anyways, that think their wives are attractive. But it you know, he like he married up. He married up. That's what I would
0: say. In a, in terms of attractiveness. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna give Colin Jost a 4.75 out of six. I think he's much better than you're giving him credit for He's slender. He's tall. Great haircut. Um, he's got charm, but he's not too boisterous. I no. I will say, maybe I'm a member of the Colin Jost defending fan club. I'm, I'm I'm certainly not going to rate Scarlett Johansson. I think a million other people are going to do that for me. But Colin Jost does not deserve these. This level of, this was, of frustration. This was
1: purely giving. an attractiveness rating, by the way. Like if, if we were going personality wise, I he would be bumped up on that because I do think he's a funny guy. Isaac, I'm not correcting
0: anything you said. <laughs> we have it all on tape already. Yeah, right. It's there. It's there. It's permanent. It's out in the ether. Yeah. This is the only podcast that is going to give you a firm rating on Colin Joe's. This is it. This is you're not going to ever listen to another podcast that's doing this. You're probably right. This is the only one. You're probably right. Consider yourself lucky. We should. We should like. We should. <laughs> we should
1: like search out there for another podcast that actually has rated Colin. Probably Joe's. right. I
0: know I'm right. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, this film's cast also includes two Oscar winners, William Hurt and Rachel Weisz, and two Oscar nominees, Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh. By coincidence, both Johansson and Pugh competed together in the 2020 for many Best Supporting Actress Awards, including the Academy Award and BAFTA Award, for their roles in Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. I know Jarrett really raves about Jojo Rabbit, but this is the 24th film. I think I already said that. I totally Uh,
1: thought you were going to say he was raving about Little Women, and I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) I... All right. I didn't expect that. I don't know what sure.
0: got into you tonight, Isaac, but <laughs> you are spicy, my friend, and I am all about it. I like I've, it. I I, like what I'm like. i saving
1: all this pent-up energy from not being on the Infinity Bros podcast, and it's all coming right into this episode For right now.
0: sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. This was directed by Kate Shortland, written by Eric Pearson, Jack Schaefer, and Ned Benson. Many will know Jack Schaefer because she was part of the writing team of WandaVision. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I didn't say anything. I'm not saying oh, anything. Okay. All I'm right. not saying right. anything. Good. We have received feedback that I am negative about wandavision too much. <laughs> the cast is Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. Florence Pugh is Lena Belova. Rachel Wise as Melina. David Harbour as Alexi. Ray Winston Winstone, excuse me, is drakov Ever Anderson is young Natasha. Violet McGraw is young Elena. Ot Fagmeni as Mason, William Hurt as Secretary Ross, Olga Kurylenko as Antonia, and Ryan Kiera Armstrong as young Antonia, as well as a slew of others. Nobody of I think crazy value will talk about the post-credit scene and who's in that on the back end of the spoiler, just in case somebody snuck in and wanted to hear these thoughts. But we are going to go ahead and rate things. We talked about our rating system earlier as we talked about Colin Jost and Isaac just absolutely obliterated his attractiveness. Uh, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity Step. And people, if you haven't seen Black Widow yet, stop what you're doing. Get on Disney+, Plus, head to your local theater, go see it. If you're vaccinated and taking COVID precautions... Go do that. This is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. All right, Isaac. Let's talk about Black Widow and this movie. I want to hear your rating and your thoughts of this. And if you could briefly on the front end before getting into your rating, articulate your expectations with this movie because before you talk obviously i think it needs to be said this movie has such a unique uh, battle to climb as it was essentially paused for two years this movie absolutely is a 2019 movie and in some respects you can actually tell it's a 2019 movie we'll talk about that but how did you feel about this movie and what was your rating of it and give just broad strokes review on this
1: yeah um so coming into this I, I think even prior to everything happening with COVID and it being pushed back nearly two years, I think it's been. And I think my expectations of this movie were slightly lowered in the sense of um, this sh- movie should have come out a long time ago. Uh, Black Widow has been a a base character in the MCU for such a long time that... I think we were missing out on an origin movie, honestly. So, it, it was high time that she got her own movie. I just think it was a little too late. And because, you know, obviously, spoilers if you haven't watched Endgame. I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you haven't watched Endgame. But she dies. And um, it's, it's a little strange that this movie is coming out after she is not a character in the MCU anymore. So my hype level was a little bit lowered um and along with some preview um previews that we had received just short reviews like on twitter and stuff like that it sounded like most people were very very positive there were a couple people that had some you know kind of like the movie was just kind of meh blah, blah 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 you know all that stuff um i was i was i had my expectations lowered a little bit i would say on a scale of 0 to 6 my hype was probably at like a Four point five or a five or something like that. Not like super crazy high. This movie exceeded my expectations by far. I I thought it was a fantastic movie. It was really like just down to earth and heartfelt, honestly. And I wasn't really expecting that. Like it, I was expecting a cool action spy movie. Um, some really cool, you know, awesome female led roles, which we got. But there was also some really heartwarming, emotional parts that I just kind of took me off guard when I was watching this movie. So, Broad Strokes, great movie. I'd give this movie a total, probably a 5 out of 6. Really, really great MCU movie. It's probably, I'd say, in the middle, maybe, of my... If I was ranking the MCU movies, it's probably around the middle. Maybe, like, anywhere from... 10 to 15 somewhere in there of my MCU ranking um, really great movie. Um, I think it gr- does great as a standalone too which is which is awesome but it also fills some gaps that we were kind of wondering about um, but we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. Max, what were your kind of broad strokes overall thoughts of of Black Widow?
0: Yeah I'm gonna echo a lot of stuff you say and I'm also going to call out a lot of feedback that I think the general public has said. I'll start with the general public. So I've heard from a couple of big reviewers. So for those that don't know, I I really enjoy listening to movie reviews. It's part of the reason I like doing this podcast. And I heard a lot of reviews prior to this. And reviewers I trusted, by the way, that had early access to it. Um, Also, total side note, our guy, um, Jay Buck, got to watch this like a week ahead of time, too. So that was pretty cool to see somebody in our realm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that, <I> mean, <laughs> he's not really in our realm. He just, like, you know, swings likes, by once in a while. He's nice like a special him. guest star <laughs> in a movie. You know, mm-hmm. he like swings by mm-hmm. for five minutes and then gets his paycheck and then leaves. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with this, Isaac. I, I, I'm going to give it a five and a half out of six. I was, at times, floored is what I would use, is the word I'd use. I, to say my expectations were low of this would be an understatement. I really, really was expecting this to be a bounce because partly because of some of the reviews I was hearing and because I did feel like the two-year gap was going to be a problem and the emotional stakes of the story and how it handles, in particular, Natasha's death and the leverage of the family. How was that going to really work for me as an audience member? I really was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I was really worried about Taskmaster. Taskmaster worked for me. It worked. The decision worked for me. I know a lot of Sweaty Marvel fanboys and fangirls are very upset with how this goes, and I have some theories as to how they could kind of keep that character going. Actually, but I thought it worked out really well. And the best part about Taskmaster, and this is—we've already talked about spoilers, and we could talk more about this in detail. This was a ten-year setup. This was set up in Avengers when Loki looks at her dead in the eyes and says, Dracov's daughter." I, I mean. At the time of seeing Black Widow, that did not click to me until I learned from a, I believe it was a TikTok I saw, that, oh, this was dating back to Loki saying it completely changes, in my opinion, the perspective on that. And to say that that wasn't earned would be a critical error. I, I, I think this movie was dynamite. I think the opening credits were some of the most emotional minutes of MCU I've seen in a long time with the rendition of It Smells Like Teen Spirit uh, I was tearing up in a movie theater five minutes into the movie. Um, I really think I've I've also heard that Florence Pugh did better than um, Scarlett Johansson. Firmly disagree. I think Scarlett Johansson absolutely carries this one. I think Florence Pugh didn't do as well as people are saying she did. I think she did fine, but I don't think she was the main centerpiece of this. I, I think this was absolutely Scarlett Johansson's show. I think Florence Pugh was great, and I, I think David Harbour was great too. I think they all were there to support her, and it felt like that. So five and a half out of six. I think this action was nonstop and fantastic. There were, I can tell, action scenes are very good when I out loud, audibly go, "Oh my gosh!" and and I did that about three times. Um, additionally, I felt like the character development has worked for me. Where this movie will receive flack, in my opinion, is not fair flack, and that is the fact that people are going to say this should have come out in 2000 and blah, or this should have come out at this time. That's not fair feedback to me. This is an MCU movie that happened to come out in 2021. I think it was fine for what it was. In fact, I think it enhances my experience of the first Avengers, Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. I think it also enhances enhances Ultron a little bit, but I also think some people don't really like that. I think, especially with the vest for Natasha in Infinity War, that's a really <laughs> emotional scene oh, now man. when that's she awesome. enters. You could you could tell that that was their setup, right? Like you could tell they were setting some of that stuff up, and I really liked that. So this one did a great job connecting things. We'll talk about other stuff it connected. The action was dynamite, and most importantly, Black Widow finally got her moment. Was it a little too late, Isaac? You you talked about this. Let's 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 veer off real quick. Do you think that Marvel did poorly in when they released this film? Yes. Um, I mentioned
1: it earlier. I mean, she was due a long time ago. I think... What year? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question.
0: Like, do you think it's like... Because 2010 is when Avengers came out, right? So what year would you say she deserved to have her moment? I mean, moment? I would say sh-
1: it should have happened between... Somewhere in between Avengers, the first Avengers, and... um. Infinity War probably um, and, and it would have been great if it came out honestly if it came out in chronological order like where this movie is set that would have been perfect for me obviously cuz like that way we kind of led into I believe it was leading into Infinity War this is set after Civil War um I thought that would have been that would have been perfect because then she gets her payoff or however you want to call it before endgame where she is this pivotal character who literally lays down her life to you know save the world so I think that would have been perfect if it came earlier that would have been great too but that would have been kind of the sweet spot I think I think I think this is just a product of I mean I've heard a lot of rumblings about how this was all like Perlmutter's you know problem he didn't want black widow to be a focal point in the mcu and that's why she hadn't gotten her gotten her solo movie i, I don't know if that's true or not but anyways. I, I would
0: to interject on that i think this is on kevin feige and it's possible. The, the, it's possible. That and it I'm could being be. a little more I, honestly. I've been a little more critical of Kevin Feige. I think this last year, you sure year. have. I, I, yeah, you sure I really have. have. I I really think that Kevin Feige dropped the ball on this. If he wanted it, he could have had it after Absolutely. Age of Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I, I read an article that was saying this, and it was like, man, they're they're really giving Perlmutter a lot of credit for how things have been going in the MCU, and I think Feige really has been the guy since basically
0: uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah, you could say around then, and and because that's because that's when things started to explode. Because that's when it was Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and right, Ant Man, yeah. and eventually Captain Marvel. Like, like these are when these really crazy, air quotes crazy at the time. We were like, they're gonna make an Ant Man movie. Sure, that's when they started expanding past the
1: the household names, the household characters that everybody knows. Like, that's when they went into those characters, and that's I mean. I mean, they've been doing amazing with those characters. But man, I I just think I think it hurt and it I say hurt, but really it doesn't hurt them very much because this movie has done great in the box office so far and probably will end up doing really well. Plus the Disney Plus numbers have been astronomical. So, has it hurt them? Hurt them? Hurt them? No, not really. But I think I think this would have been way more earned and and in my eyes, way better if this had come out, you know, when it was supposed to come out way back when when chronologically, ideally. But like even before that, I
0: think Scarjo earned her her solo
1: film prior to that, too. So,
0: yeah, Kevin Feige has a lot of apologies to make to Scarlett Johansson, right? Like, I mean, he has an apology to make to her for probably how Joss Whedon was writing her character in Avengers right. and Age of Ultron. Yeah. In particular with Age of Ultron, her character is written as a damsel in distress when her character is literally not a damsel in distress. That's the whole point of her character. And, and you this, have her and in this movie just blew that out of the park. Like this- well, and that's the problem, right? Like That's the problem with this this movie is <clears throat> we know what happens in the future on it. So you have to develop her in a, into a spot where you you have to hand off the baton of where she has to go. Right. Right. Exactly. It felt to me like this was a continuation in terms of story of where she ended up in Endgame. Now I didn't mind that, and I I was craving that from the character, so I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But from a did they do it right? No, they did not do it right. Right. Scarlett Johansson deserved better than for lack of a better way of saying it, sexy poses and <laughs> yeah. you know, damsel in distress moments. Yeah. And then in Civil War, she kind of started to get back in that rhythm of being her own person again. And then obviously we saw Infinity War and Endgame, her resolution in being this hero and the stakes she made. I really appreciated that, but I, I agree, Isaac. I think this was long overdue, and I, I blame no one but Kevin Feige. And he can talk in one mouth and blame our p- promoter all he wants, However, he needs to come to grips with the fact that she was always available. It could have easily been done after Age of Ultron. It would not have been a difficult thing. Where they messed up was when they put her with Hulk. That was when this all messed up.
1: It was such a weird thing. And then it just went nowhere. And
0: it just, I, yeah, that was. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those weird parts of the MCU between anything with the Hulk, really. Is weird, right? Like (laughs) even with William Hurt, it's kind of weird with his character as General Ross. He I don't know, there's just something weird about that Incredible Hulk movie. Iron Man Two, as much as people crap on that movie, it still gets referenced a lot. It still gets referenced a ton in in all these other movies. That's like the first
1: I feel like Iron Man Two is the first glue movie of the MCU. Like that movie like fills in some cracks that like haven't even hadn't even been developed yet at the time. But you look back on it and you're like Oh wow! This actually does like matter in the
0: terms of the MCU. Well, and it's going to matter for what they're doing with Armor Wars, right? Right, like, exactly. Let, let's let's talk about this movie itself, Isaac, and we'll we'll talk about some of the other big parts too as we as we go. But I want to talk about some of these actors and, and characters. Uh, let's let's start with Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. I I talked about this in the my review. This is by far my favorite rendition of Natasha Romanoff in any of the Marvel movies, and that might be a crazy take, I think, to some people. But I really, really love what Scarlett Johansson did here. While I disagreed with the timing of this movie, Isaac, and we've just talked about that, man, I felt like she gave it all to this character. I felt like Jack Schaefer, this is a completely different look from her and Ned Benson, in my opinion, than than Scarlet Witch. And with Scarlet Witch, I felt like the grief storyline going brief people. The grief storyline did not feel fully fledged, fledged out in that last episode. This felt fleshed out to me. And this felt like it was sharing a story that was going to continue non-verbally into Infinity War and Endgame. And with, with subtle things like the vest, I really, really liked the vest. I don't know why I liked the vest. It kind of sounds stupid when I talk about it out loud. No, 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 no. I'm with you.
1: I thought that was hilarious. I thought the vest was, was great. So I'm on your side.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't know why I liked it so much. It was charming. It was very charming. And it and that relationship with her and Yelena was totally earned. Absolutely. It was earned in the opening credits. I really liked that. I heard a lot of feedback about like Scarlett Johansson being outdone by Florence Pugh. Again, I don't see it. I don't see it in this. I felt like Natasha was center stage in this and everything she did. And I felt like all the key decisions... All the key emotional beats, all the key twists started and ended with her Scarlett Johansson's six out of six performance in this movie. I, I thought she was absolutely dynamite and I could not be more thrilled for her as an actress for what she's given to the MCU after Endgame, which was ridiculous that they killed her in Endgame anyway. Yeah,
1: honestly, yeah. Like, like getting this movie when we did and just with the whole backstory of her already being dead in the MCU like this is for for what it is was the first the perfect like cap to Scarlett Johansson's like career in the MCU like it was it was a fantastic fantastic movie she did great you're you're absolutely right I wouldn't say Florence Pugh like stole the show or anything like that I would say she she and David Harbour both shown like in their own right but it's i i agree with you i don't think they necessarily like stole the show from scarlett johansson
0: i heard that from every major reviewer (laughs) every major reviewer was like florence Pugh, david harbour but scarlett johansson takes 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 the side and i was like i watched the movie and i walked out and i looked at sarah said what movie were those people watching? I was like, this is not the movie that I watched. It was totally Here, yeah, her show.
1: Here's where here's where I do I, I guess I don't necessarily agree with them, but I understand why they're saying that. Those characters were were really greatly placed and written, and they were they were amazing compliments to the story. And I get why they would say those things. I don't necessarily agree that they were better necessarily than Scarlett Johansson, but I, 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 they were both my favorite parts of the movie. It was David Harbour and Florence Pugh. Does that diminish Scarlett Johansson's performance? Absolutely not. Like, she was fantastic in this movie. But I personally, I love, like, David Harbour has been one of my favorite um, actors since Stranger Things. Um, And I thought his performance was amazing in this movie. I thought he was hilarious. And we'll we'll talk about Red Guardian a little bit later, but man, I, I totally agree with you though. Scarlett Johansson was fantastic. She did this. This
0: movie was a perfect like send off, if if you will, to her. This character. is this is as good of a send off as Robert Downey Jr. had for Endgame. Oh wow! Okay. Like this was this was her moment. This was totally her moment to take a bow, to own the show, and it felt to me as a, as as somebody who has journeyed with this character. Since she was essentially, and I will call a spade a spade here, she was a sex icon. Oh yeah, right, in yeah her initial absolutely. Start.
1: She she came into the MCU as a sexualized character. That's what like her role was in Iron Man too. Totally,
0: and even even at times in this movie, where you see Yelena Belova's outfit is kind of. <laughs> wrinkly and not skin tight and then natasha romanoff just has the skin tight white cat suit and you're just like oh my gosh marvel come on well, and
1: this i don't know i didn't notice that as much minus there was two um blatant butt shots at the beginning of the movie and that was like okay like you didn't need to, classic didn't joss need whedon yeah classic <laughs> joss whedon uh but other than that like i didn't really like that was refreshing about this movie it was that like they didn't She was not a sexualized character in this movie at all. Kate Shortland, as a
0: director, went out of her way to make sure that didn't happen. Exactly,
1: and that's why, I don't know, I I thought, again, this was the best way you could have handled this character in this situation, honestly. like Yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer how Marvel handled things, but in this situation, this is about as good as they could have
0: gotten, honestly. so. I just hope they can learn from it and it's unfortunate that she has to be the sacrificial character, but ironically they could get it right the second time with Black Widow. So let's talk about with Florence Pugh here as Yelena Belova. Everyone loves her in this movie. I loved her in this movie. You loved her in this movie. I'm giving her a six out of six. Would you echo that? Absolutely. A six out of six. Yeah, she was she was fantastic. I'm fairly confident I could say that this is an infinity snap in regards to her portrayal. Mm-hmm. Simply for a couple of reasons. One- it's clear why they chose Florence Pugh for this role. Again, I stand by this. Scarlett Johansson did better in this movie. I I will fight that battle. However, I see what people are saying with how how well Florence Pugh did. And like I heard one piece of feedback where they were like the scene where David Harbour's character, Alexi, is asking her if she's on her period. And she's like, <laughs> I'm not on my period, you dipshit. They took <laughs> they, they took this off of me, right? Like yeah. I I I heard one reviewer go, "Oh, that was a scene that needed to be serious, and they made it funny." And I was I, like, "No, what? no, 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 no way! That was a perfect scene. Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that was to me. That was a scene we've heard over and over be serious. We heard that all in Age of Ultron. We knew that we needed that levity in that moment, and I thought Florence Pugh portrayed that in a way that was, in some senses, talking about how some women deal with men, how some men will to go, "Oh, you're mad because you're on your period." And they're like, no, I'm not on my period. You're just literally a jerk. And this is me articulating that. I, I, obviously, I do not understand the the idea of what it's like to be a woman, but I felt like that was a good way of portraying that in that moment. And from mocking <laughs> Natasha's poses <laughs> to yep. commentary on the food they eat along the way, and just how she displays such emotion on her face. While also having comedic beats in a very serious spy character, couldn't be more thrilled that she's continuing this. Right, honestly, and this
1: was like this was the perfect way to introduce a character in a movie that was not her own origin movie. Like, like her origin was like perfectly laid out in this movie, and and it didn't detract from Black Widow or Scarlett Johansson's storyline. Like that, that was like the perfect way. That you could do that, and it just worked out so well. I I'm I'm totally in on Florence Pugh and in her future in the MCU. Like, I mean, we're gonna talk about it later, but the post-credit. She's gonna scene-
0: be, I mean, she's coming back in Hawkeye, right? Like, I mean, it's she's coming back very quickly, and that here's here's where I will say this movie plays well for Florence Pugh. This is gonna be huge for her. This is for oh, yeah. her as an actress, Absolutely. she could not be more thrilled about Absolutely. all this. she has to be pumped about this. Because this just came out in July and Hawkeye will be out here in two months. I mean, that girl is about to have her life completely changed. I know she's a famous actress and has other things she does, but this it's different when you're a Marvel character, I think. I think people are constantly asking you questions. Uh, David Harbour is Alexi. You you talked on on Red Guardian. Is there a better dad bod oh, no. in the MCU no. than David, David Harbour? David Harbour was the perfect casting for this role, honestly. Like,
1: I don't know. I'm trying to like think of who could have played him as well or better, and there's nobody. I I can't think of a single actor that could have played Red Guardian as well or better than David Harbour did. He did he did such a fantastic job, just being just <laughs> an idiot, like just hilarious. And the one of my favorite parts about David Harbour at the beginning of the movie was his. Like, this weird, like, competition that he's got going on in his head about him and Captain America. (laughs) Like, the the first thing that he says to Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson when they land. He's like, have you talked to Captain America about me? (laughs) Basically. And (laughs) Scarlett Johansson's like, what? Are you kidding me? No, we haven't seen each other for 20 years. And this is the first thing you tell me. No, absolutely not.
0: That was oh, that was fantastic. Do you think that he actually fought Isaiah Bradley? In the 80s? <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. I think he did. Oh I think gosh. he did. I think he fought Isaiah Bradley. I think he's not lying. I I think
1: I think he's full of it. I think he just was like that that scene when he when he is in the prison. He's telling all those stories. I mean, the the big guy that comes up to him at the end asks him the question of like, when did you fight him? And he he like just brushes it off, and the guy's like, Captain America is still in the ice at that point. And no, but Isaac, I'm talking Isaiah Bradley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible, but I I I think I think he as Red Guardian probably I would guess that he probably had nothing to do with Captain America or anything. He just was doing stuff in Russia at that time. I don't
0: know. It would be it would be such a sweet. <laughs> awesome scene be, to see Carl Lumbly oh fight David Harbor. Oh be my amazing. gosh! Give it to me. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm all in on that, dude. Let's hear it. I am all in on that. And here's and here's where I've got to just credit Marvel here. These Marvels, as 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 sometimes bumpy as these Disney Plus shows have been, the fact that it's making my experience watching this movie that much more fun with the post credit scene with what we're talking about now. With WandaVision's arc and how the writer was part of it, and and obviously all the crap that's happening in Loki right now, I cannot be more thrilled with the future of how they're doing this story. It still continues to work, and the fact that you and I could have the argument about whether Alexei was lying or not, two years ago, people would have just assumed he was lying. But now, because of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we don't know. He could yeah, have been fighting true. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, it's possible. It's a real argument. Yeah. Let's talk about Melina. We haven't really talked on her. Rachel Weiss is a very decorated actress, and I thought she was good. I thought she was, she was the weakest character of the four. She didn't get much screen time. I'll give her a four and a half, four out of six. I think she was fine as an actress. She obviously plays this very, very intelligent Melina behind the scenes. It looked like in the opening scenes of this movie, they wanted to kind of lean into her being the mother figure more. It just didn't pan out for me too much. It, I just didn't see that connection that they were trying to sell me on as Natasha's like, oh, I kept my heart because of you. I, I wasn't I wasn't catching that. I was catching more of Scarlett and Yelena's relationship. Yeah, than yeah that. absolutely. But there there was kind of a weird thing because she
1: they. you're right. They set her up kind of to be that mother figure. And then they they went we went into the family meeting scene, right? And basically, you think that in the first, whatever, five or ten minutes of when she alerts uh, Drakeoff or the, the Red Room, you think that she has turned, you know, her back on, on the rest of the family. She's turning them in, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And that almost worked for me really well. And then you find out that she actually had been working with Scarlett Johansson the whole time. And that, yeah. that like there were some cool parts to that as in like the, the whole family aspect of all of them that it was cool how they like started getting closer together again, even though, you know, they weren't even a real family, but at the same time, it kind of almost diminished her character in, in a way. Like I thought she was actually like really cool before because she was like hey stone cold like i'm calling you know the red yeah. room on you guys but then she just flipped and was like oh okay actually i'm your best friend I agree. now i agree
0: it would have been way cooler if they would have found a way yeah, to escape i don't know it's just a bad guy still it,
1: i agree and i do i do like a lot of the parts with her in it after that but it just i don't know it felt like they didn't really know what direction they wanted that character to go And it's because it's because it's because they probably don't have a future for her in the MCU. Right. Like, she's just a a byproduct character
0: of this Mm. of this movie. So, yeah. How do you continue that story? You can't. Right. And this honestly felt like David Harbour's character was the dad and then she was the stepmom. That's how this felt to me. Yeah. And he was the more pivotal cornerstone and she just is kind of like on the side it kind of stinks for rachel weiss because she's again as i said she's a very good actress and i think she just didn't get a good role here I yeah felt. right and very yeah, weak i don't spot think that was her fault necessarily it's just no yeah, no it that's just, the writing mm-hmm. How it i bet out. it was jack schaefer it wasn't eric pearson or nixon <laughs> <laughs> um ray winstone is Drakov, and then obviously we get the big reveal that Antonia's Taskmaster. I talked about this in my review. I was going to hear your thoughts. Did this work for you that Taskmaster was Dracov's daughter?
1: Yes. I I thought a lot about it and I I am a, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge huge Taskmaster fan. I really enjoy him as a character. Um I say him referring to the comics uh Taskmaster character. So, I don't know. It it was <laughs> I felt like they did a really great job of applying the taskmaster concepts to this story. But as a comic book fan, selfishly, I I would have liked to see a bigger backstory, I guess, to the taskmaster character. But I think it worked very well in this movie. So I'm not mad about how anything went down. Um, I thought it was actually, it worked great for this, for this film. Um, and I, as long as she has a future as Taskmaster in the MCU, I think I'm like 100% okay with it because I think Taskmaster is too cool of a character to just have a one off and they're done, you know? And, and so that's my fear is that that will happen. I really hope that's not the case. I really hope there's more in store for the character, but, but at the same time, um, that was kind of my fear when, and it was like, I wouldn't say it was, it was pretty, Max, what did you think? Do you think it was pretty predictable that it was his daughter that was going to be Taskmaster? I thought it was, yes. I, eventually yes. I pretty much knew that it was going to be her Um, before, you know, they took off her helmet. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, So, and it was still a cool reveal. Um, nothing really against that or anything, but like they were building up this character and it had to be somebody important. And that was really the only like cog that fit. So it, it, it was cool. I thought it worked with the story, the taskmaster and nothing against like, I I like the outfit. I like the, um, I like the, the fighting style, like mimicking the fighting styles and stuff like that. Everything about the character was really cool. I just, I wish they would have, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what I wish they would have done because if to change it to be a little bit more. I hate to be that guy that's like, oh, I wish it was more comic accurate. Blah, 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 blah. I hate to pull a zane and and be like, well, actually, yeah. but um. <laughs> how does my zane impression there? So cute. Would you, we're rating, really cute. Oh, cute. Okay,
0: all right.
1: Two all right. out of six. But um, cute. <laughs> two out of six. Okay, Uh, but. I don't know. I, I just felt like as a comic book fan and as a taskmaster fan, I, I felt like a little bit more wanting, but they would have had to just scrap the whole taskmaster idea if they did anything different. So I think it's fine. I like what they did with it. Taskmaster was a sweet villain. Honestly. Um, I, if they would have done any, everything about that and just not called it taskmaster, that would have been okay with me too. Honestly, like the, the character itself was cool enough that you, didn't need to add that but it was it was still a cool connection to the comics as well so honestly good with it
0: i think that this is this is all just for this story i think we will see this character retire this moniker i think we're going to see somebody steal this suit this was all Ooh, technology okay yeah that's Th- true this this that's taskmaster true. suit was technology this totally is coming back down the line i think we could see a scroll have this maybe I think we could see a character like the Punisher, for example, get a hold of this. That would be a cool little kind of shift in that character. I think there's villains like Justin Hammer who could come down the line and take that technology and make it better. I think there's opportunities here in the MCU and or maybe even the original Taskmaster could find it. And, you know, he could come along the files of, you know, the Black Widow Red Room files and he finds out about this and he finds out, oh, this this guy was using it on his daughter to, to process some stuff like an idiot versus it, it's like the Ultron line. Like you have this, this shield and you're using it for a Frisbee versus, you know, other <laughs> things. I think that's how this care, I think we're going to see taskmaster again. Okay, a different I person.
1: actually really like that direction you're running because um, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on her name now. Dracov's daughter. I don't remember what her name was, but Ant- Antonia, Antonia, she probably doesn't want to be associated with this taskmaster thing at this point anyways because she was she was mind controlled to do it right so yeah get rid of that she can go do her own thing and potentially still be a character in the
0: mcu if she if they wanted her to be probably won't be but but well you know another person that could take that on if they didn't want to do red hulk would be william hurt and his secretary ross character right like i mean there's opportunities here to put this character and put somebody else in this character and so i In regards to Antonia, did I see it coming? Yeah. Do I care? No, because again, this was a 10 year setup. Right.
1: Yeah. No, and it works so well with the story that it wasn't, I wasn't bummed by the fact that I saw it. And this is about,
0: this movie is about Natasha Romanoff confronting her past. If you liked The Winter Soldier and you liked the Bucky arc, guess what? You have to like this arc too. It's essentially the same arc. Yeah. It's a person from your past confronting you as the villain and you having to come to terms with that. Now obviously the way they end are a little different. One's a little more dramatic than the other. <laughs> one, one they both fall off of off They of, fall uh, out of the sky, machines. you know, right? Yeah. But the point I'm making is it's more similar I think to Winter's older than people are letting on. So there's a ton of people, I think, around the Internet who are like, oh, I thought Winter Soldier is the best movie ever. It's like, oh, I don't I don't like Blackwood. It's like, eh. I don't think you get to say that because some of these beats are pretty much the same beat. Mm-hmm. Now, that's formula. Here's,
1: OK, here's here's something that they differed with that I thought was good. So Winter Soldier, you get this global feeling, right? Like mm-hmm. that that I mean, this is happening all over the world, like everybody's watching this happen. What I loved about Black Widow was that it was, like, so, like, grounded. And, like, nobody knows this is happening. Nobody knows the Red Room exists. Like, it, it was, like, a spy thriller type of feel. But it still felt big, you know, in that sense. But but it was, like, nobody nobody on Earth knows this is happening right now. Whereas in Winter Soldier, I was, like, it seems like everybody was watching it on the news or on the screen. So I I really love that about this movie that it was like, like under the radar in the MCU, but but still like felt really big. That was one of my favorite like feelings about about Black Widow.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I I liked the Red Room. I liked the reveal that it was in the sky. Yeah, I liked that too. Yeah, I that think was that was cool. cool. That was that was surprising. There were just a lot of beats uh, that I liked. I certainly think that general Ross is coming back as red Hulk, right? This, this movie kind of confirmed that right now. Like, I mean, he's super sick. He's got his second heart surgery. This totally feels like a setup for thunderbolts now, right? Yeah. I definitely, that has to be
1: where they're going with this. And, and, uh, valentina i think is the character's name that was that's rounding up everybody u.s agent valentina
0: Al- valentina allegra de fontaine yes
1: there you go and once again L-
0: julia louis R- dreyfus, oh, is julia back louis dreyfus. portray the character that throws me off every time i see her on i know you like, guys have messed that up so heck? many times <laughs> yeah Elaine herself is back. <laughs> Elaine is back. Elaine herself is bad dancing <laughs> oh my into our post credit scenes. Did you like the post credit scene, Isaac? Yeah. Honestly,
1: I love – it was a little – honestly, it was a little um, shocking because they obviously fast-forward to probably present day to where Natasha is dead and they're at her gravesite. Like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my heart – I pulled a little heartstring there, uh, but then just the fact that Florence Pugh or Yelena is involved in whatever is going on and has a future in the MCU is enough to get me really excited about that post-credit scene. Did anything really cool happen? Not necessarily. I mean, I guess they did. You know, reveal that she's going to be hunting down Hawkeye in probably the series Hawkeye, but that. I don't know. The rest of it was kind of like, "Ah, okay, cool." But just the fact that she has a future in the MCU was really exciting about that post-credit scene.
0: Were you thinking that she was going to come back, Natasha,
1: in that scene? Natasha? No, I didn't think so. I I mean Unfortunately, I think Marvel is is done with Scarlett Johansson as a uh, black yeah I, I
0: think it's the other way around I think she's done with them oh that
1: too I mean yeah I'm I'm yeah I'm fine with going with that narrative um but yeah I just I think uh <laughs> I think she's I'm just saying back. I don't
0: think I think if she wanted to stay I think they would keep her that's all I'm saying right yeah maybe
1: I yeah I don't know I just unfortunately I think her character is really awesome I think she has played her part in their eyes and I don't think we'll see her again. And I think yeah, I think Marvel is replacing her with Yelena. And, you know, it'll be cool to see her in the MCU as well. But it would be cool to see both of them together. So kind of a bummer that, that I think that's the way
0: it's going to go. But you know what? Um, I really, really think, Isaac, down the line, they got, like, some multiverse stuff planned. And I think... It's no holds bar at that point, right? Like I Gosh, mean all this. They just stuff get everybody to on come the table. back and I think so. I really do. I, I think I think we're gonna see everybody back one more time.
1: I mean, at this point, it's not impossible for sure. I mean, like they Feige holds the power.
0: Well, and take a couple years off, right? Take a couple years. Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr. Take five to six years off. Let us build this world. You guys I think Scarlett Johansson is a a person that would go get other jobs. But with all due respect to Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr., they haven't really done anything since Knives Out. Yeah, right. So I I think Scarlett Johansson could do stuff, but I think let them have some breathing room. Let them not have Marvel telling them what to do every year. Give them five, six years. I think there will be an itch there. And I think you could just approach them and go, look, we want to do this. and I mean, yeah, I could see them
1: coming back, but yeah just generally i i think they're just moving on and moving in the the young avengers direction and yelena will be the new black widow
0: well cool Well, that is your review of black widow isaac uh anything that you want to share about this movie that we didn't talk about or that we missed
1: um let's see i mean i already talked about how i thought david harbert was fantastic as red guardian but every every scene that he was in just brought me joy <laughs> like the dad bod feel like the the he's still kind of like in the mindset of his glory days like i thought this was a perfect part in in this movie and i i i know that's probably a one-off as well we're probably not going to see him again unless it's like a cameo or, or something like that but man i really loved his character and i would love to see him back again in in some capacity i don't know how or or even why but it would be it would be really awesome to see more of the red guardian maybe a captain america red guardian showdown
0: that would be sick <laughs> i do i will say one thing i forgot to say too is i wish that taskmaster would have had more of skill sets showcased. right
1: yeah and we saw like a couple but man it would be cool to
0: see a lot more yeah, and we
1: saw a lot of them in trailers, right? Like I think Marvel really burned Dude, all the big stuff on trailers. That's one of my biggest pet peeve about about movies in general these days is that the trailers just end up showing so much and and you watch the movie and you're like, "Oh. Okay, well I saw like a lot of the plot points in that 2-minute trailer that I saw before I saw the movie." Like that's yeah, that's I'm not a fan of those of those trailers. I still will watch them, but you know.
0: And I felt like the final jump scene where they fell from they fell from the ship was Yeah, that was supposed to was be a big climactic it scene was, and we it was saw really quick. almost all yeah,
1: that's true as well. But we saw like 30 30 seconds, maybe not 30 seconds. We saw like 20 seconds of it in the trailer. Like we saw a big chunk of that scene. On Honestly, the that
0: was one of the worst scenes, and this movie was really good, <laughs> and I really, really liked this movie, and I still, even when it was happening, when they're, like, free-falling, I'm, like, gripping mm-hmm. my seat, like, this is my nightmare. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> is my nightmare. Falling. I will say there were, um, in terms of CGI,
1: this was a good movie, um, I will say there were, like, two two or three moments. One specifically that I'm thinking of is when when they're uh, on the helicopter um, trying to rescue Red Guardian from the prison, and ScarJo does, like, a backflip off of the rope and lands on the bridge, that one is like, oh, not great CGI there. But the rest, of, the rest of the movie was solid. The action was great, and that's really what I was expecting was a solid action spy thriller type movie, and,
0: and it's exactly what I got and more with the family emotional stuff thrown in there too. Family stuff was dynamite. I, I, you just you felt it. It was so good. We, we could probably have talked on that right. for a long time, oh, but we want to make and, sure that. And
1: I do want to mention too, um, the the opening credit scene with like kind of the focus on like sex trafficking and stuff. Like you mentioned that it like it basically brought a tear to your eye, and and that is the same for me. Like the the whole running theme of um, the red room basically capturing these girls to bring them in and and mind control them like it's just it's just heartbreaking and i felt that that heaviness through that the whole movie honestly until the final scene when and when uh, natasha's squaring off against Dracoff and she can't even attack him because his pheromones are giving off you know a scent that art Art is not allowing her even though she's not being mind controlled she still is kind of being mind controlled in a way like it's just it's just crazy the the themes that running through that and then she ends up downloading the whole file of every single person on his list or whatever and Going to go save those is just like oh that's that's a really breaking
0: her nose breaking her free. nose man Ugh, crazy fantastic and and she's a she I mean and she's an OG Avenger oh yeah right? like, absolutely I mean, you, what you're talking about these themes they only enhance that character oh yeah absolutely after we watched this character fight Chitari with no superpowers in Age of Ultron we saw her again basically fight Ultron machines by herself without powers. Then we go to Infinity War and she's fighting these massive alien generals in a ditch with a Wakandan and a a witch. And then in Endgame, we watch her sacrifice herself. Like, just the legacy of this character is enhanced because you watch her heroics and in her backstory, how can you not root for that character? How can you not root for the success of that character and the family around her and I think Yelena is going to be a great addition to this universe. I cannot wait to see to see Hawkeye now. Hawkeye is going to be a legit series, dude. I'm I'm pumped for it. I was excited for Hawkeye, but now I'm like over the moon for it. I can't wait to see this show. It's really going to be something special. Jarrett is going to lose his mind. We
1: better have him on every single like review episode that we have. Yeah, we will.
0: Shang-Chi's up next too, oh, September that's 9th. That's
1: wild, dude. Well, actually,
0: no, I take that back. It's going to be Loki episode six this coming week. So you'll get that review at the end of wait, the week. Wait, wait, When is Shang-Chi again? Shang-Chi be September 9th. So, so then it'll be what, what, if, what If. Yeah, if I in was going to say What If yeah. comes
1: out in August. That's 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 crazy because we just found that out like two
0: weeks ago. Right. Nuts. Yeah, so if, if you're listening to us for the first time, make sure you subscribe so you can check out those things. If you're still listening, we just want to say thank you for listening to us. You can check us out on infinitybros.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search The Infinity Bros, TikTok, Twitch, we love to Twitch, and we'd love for you to join us. Uh, Robbie, Jarrett, Isaac, they're always twitching, doing amazing things on there. So make sure you check them out for basically three to five days a week. Those guys are out there doing stuff. So if you're into any of that stuff, make sure you do it. Uh, Shoot us an email at theinfinitybros at gmail.com. Isaac, thank you for a great episode, buddy. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Awesome. And we love you guys, 3,000. Remember that. We will see you soon. See ya. Bye.
1: Bye.